tap it in. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Big Players Only Podcast, a partner of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network and sponsored by the best-tasting pre-mixed transfusion on the market for craft cocktails. We got a great episode for you today. Our friend Jack Bonifant will be joining the podcast. Jack is a plus-two handicap out of Argyle Country Club here in Maryland. He played three years of Division I golf at James Madison University, where he impressively walked on the team as a freshman. Jack's amateur career before college was impressive and littered with wins, and his career after college has also been pretty impressive. Just recently captained his Argyle Country Club team to a WMGA Washington Metropolitan Golf Association A-Team Championship this past weekend, so congrats to Jack on that. What makes Jack even more impressive and special is that he does all of this with a disability. Jack is medically considered a left hemiplegic in which he struggles with a paralysis throughout the left side of his body. For Jack to be the plus two handicap that he is, the elite golfer that he continues to be, is nothing short of groundbreaking. Sports weren't always going to be in the cards for Jack, and he has done nothing but defy the odds. We're so excited to have Jack on to talk about his recent play in the U.S. Adaptive Open, the first event by the USGA to recognize adaptive and disabled golfers from around the world. And we're also excited to talk to Jack about potentially being a Paralympic athlete one day, something he aspires to be. Jack, thanks so much for coming on. You were an absolute blast to talk to. We're so happy we connected, and we hope everyone else you enjoy the interview too. Four Craft Cocktails, the best tasting and easiest drinking transfusion on the market. Whether you're on the course, at a tailgate, or enjoying a Friday night with your friends, you'll find the pre-mixed 7% Four Craft Transfusion, just what you're looking for to mix things up. With a variety of other products, including a Bloody Mary, Ranch Water, and a coming this summer, John Daly, it's the go-to beverage for the big players. A family-owned, all-natural, gluten-free drinking option that has the guys playing their best and feeling even better. You can find all their retail locations at 4craftcocktails.com. That's F-O-R-E, craftcocktails.com. And make sure to mention to your local beer shop and golf course that we need these things everywhere. What are we drinking, Jack? I'm a claw guy. Oh, nice. Yeah, all right. Was that lemon lime or some shit? What was that? Uh, this is lemon. Appears I I grabbed. I also just took a shot of oh, old basil hayden. I did that. Hey, oh, there nice. We go. All right, guy too. You're our kind of guy. I love it. <laughs> cool, man. Well, thanks for joining us. Let's get into it first. Um, I think the the most important thing we want to talk about is this U.S. Adaptive Open. I know you and I talked about it. It was uh, it was your first event, pretty much signifying yourself as an adaptive golfer, a new world for you. Can we talk through how you liked Pinehurst, first of all, because we are big Pinehurst fans, mm-hmm. and then uh, what the competition was like and uh, some other questions about it as we get into it? Yeah, sure. Definitely got out of my comfort zone a little bit, uh, starting like the whole process started probably back in January. I just started reading into it was just looking up tournaments that I could potentially play in the summer. Uh, you know, I'm doing like the U S mid-am qualifier in Western PA in a few weeks. Uh, and this just popped up. Uh, and I was like really taken aback and and got really excited for the opportunity. Uh, I kind of had a feeling that I was probably one of the, I guess, more lower handicap players that would be um, applying for the tournament. And so I went through a a trip to Chicago where I met with a doctor uh, that approved me physically. So you had to get like pre-approved 
to then apply for the tournament. That's pretty interesting. So everyone has to everyone has to get a physical designation from a doctor to play in this tournament. Yeah, so it, it's what's called, I believe it's called an EDGA four pass or something like that. So there's an European Disabled Golf Association, and then there are physical, I guess, qualifications that you have to meet. There were, I think, six doctors across the U.S. that were approved to put you through this like test closest one to me was in chicago so i flew out on a monday <laughs> what a trip <laughs> yeah i i flew out and flew back in one day i just went out there by myself went to this physical therapy office and it was really funny i almost tore my oblique like <laughs> oh, three days before i went <laughs> and i was in like horrible pain and so i just like told him and i was like hey not to make this seem like I'm trying to get myself <laughs> to look worse, really it up. <laughs> but like I messed my oblique up. And if you want to take a look at that at some point, like I wouldn't mind that either. <laughs> yeah. So then halfway through, he was like, all right, well, we got to see you swing. And I was like, I can't. <laughs> I swung and I can only imagine what the USGA was thinking when I sent in my application with a plus 2.6 handicap <laughs> and I literally swung the club in this office like 20 miles an hour and like grabbing my side, I just... But it was a smooth of, swing, even though it was oh, a yeah. tempo. Like, great tempo, yeah. Great tempo, great tempo. So you're a plus um, two, not a two, you're a plus two. Yeah. Wow, that's even more Shoot. impressive, man. That's sweet. Thank you. I think this month, I'm like a plus 1.8 is where I'm at right that's now. That's so impressive, okay. man. Thank you. The fact that it was also at Pinehurst was also uh, really attractive to me. So I, I got the doctor approval and then they said, we're going to send out the field on May 18th. So I just had to wait like two months to see if I qualified as one of the top five handicaps of my designation of all the people that applied. And so there, I think there was like leg impairment, arm impairment, intellectual impairment, seated player and then neurological and i qualified under the neurological impairment and then i happened to be one of the top five lowest handicaps that applied and so that's how i got my invitation it also being at pinehurst is really cool because in 2020 we my my dad plays golf my brother plays golf and my brother-in-law play golf and we all went down to pinehurst in like the first or second week in november and it poured oh. like like a like a legit hurricane came through pinehurst and we played four and two and i'm not kidding it rained four inches both days oh, my God. oh it's like okay. a bucket list day and it's yeah. raining That's oh rough. yeah so one four is better than two and we can talk about that later Ooh, okay. but we will we will <laughs> friday we played i want to say like eight or nine i don't even remember because four and two are just so good but then we went to the cradle oh yeah so much fun. friday it's our spot brother yeah, we, we absolutely that. Yeah. love that place so friday afternoon and like the the sun like finally came out for the first time in 36 hours and we played nine and i i mean we had like transfusions yes, rolling sir. at this point i mean it was probably it was like finally nice out we weren't soaking wet. We play once, 
I got on a hot streak. I think I shot like five under the first time I played cradle. Then <laughs> take it like 32 we go, minutes. <laughs> we're like, let's play again. So we go back out. We get to the punch bowl. And if you know which one the punch bowl is, it's three. three so you have yeah. a pine cone yeah. behind yeah. you. Yeah. And there's like all these people in the Anirondack chairs. And I go, and I still remember, I like, I nipped it so good. And I was like, oh, that. That's going to be pretty good. No reaction, nothing. My brother-in-law goes, hits a good shot. Then my brother goes, and the place goes nuts. He knocked it in for a one on the punch bowl. And I mean, like, it's right in front of everyone on the Adirondack chairs. Like, we're excited walking up. My dad walks up to the hole, looks down, and goes, there's two in here. Oh, my God. They missed tears, man. (laughs) And so I I made the 600th hole-in-one at the cradle, and my brother, right on top of me, made 601. I love that. It's like he outdid you, but you also outdid him. (laughs) It made the trip amazing. Like, we just got everything that we possibly could from the cradle. I think every Christmas present that year to each other was was incredible, man. I think we got each other the same gifts. I should wear my hat. And and so it just made Pinehurst really special that the four of us went on that trip together. And then the Adaptive Open was also there, and I I was like, you know, Jack, this isn't something that you would usually do. Work is not going to get in the way of this one. Like, you're going to do whatever you need to do to see if you qualify and then just and go and see what happens. And I was happy with how I played for the first 30 holes. Uh, <laughs> the competition was really impressive. I would say definitely the third day. So the first two days you played with other designations and i mean this woman i believe her name was annie hayes she was a seated player you know probably 40 maybe 50 years old had a really bad i think skiing accident i don't know if i'm right or wrong about that but they put her with three grown men who were teeing off like 100 yards behind her and i'd never played with a seated player before and it was probably the most impressive thing i've ever like watched the patience that she had like if think about if you hit an eight footer and you miss it and you're now you're two feet it's a stroke play event like you can't just like drive your cart up to the hole you have to think about where everyone is and then go or like sometimes she had to like drive directly to her ball she would miss a putt she would have to drive off the green go around and then go directly to it wow and then just everything that she had to do to hit every shot and it took a, a long time and it was hot and it, i was really proud of myself for the patience that i was able to just kind of take it all in you know we even got on the thing on the second day the usga came by and was like you guys are 29 minutes behind i was like put him on the clock and on the next tee annie was waiting there and i mean we all the three men teed off first and then she would drive to where her tees were and i just walked over to her and i said annie you don't listen to that guy for one minute Seriously, we're yeah. gonna be fine you think they're gonna give us a two-stroke penalty for playing slow out here like <laughs> let them how about how the usga like that 
uh, press release. Exactly. <laughs> I think from your perspective too, saying what she was doing is amazing must make it really amazing. And then also to comment on that is I think Dub walked to my line last weekend. So for her to her to drive the cart around not to impair anyone's line, that's so yeah. much respect. Come on, where's the where's the etiquette? <laughs> Well, cool, man. So then other than the U.S. Adaptive Open, you also have expressed uh, interest and in, in hopefulness to play as a, a Paralympic athlete here. Yeah. 2028, I think we have yeah. an Olympic. So can you walk us through? I think you mentioned you might have met someone. You're trying to kind of influence it to make it an Olympic sport. Uh, we'd love to see it. Any more thoughts on it? Yeah, that's just something that I've kind of had in the back of my head really post-college. Um, I think it's something that you can do and dedicate yourself for a kind of a, a sprint run to prepare yourself, but also have a full-time job. I knew I was never going to make a profession out of that, out of this, but if that opportunity came to, came about, I just felt like my ability level would probably open up that opportunity potentially. Um, and I think that was the coolest part of just meeting guys that I ended up playing on Wednesday. So I played in the, in the final group on Wednesday in my first ever USJ event. Like that was I'm going to be really happy about that in 20 years. <laughs> I'm still a little bitter right now because I made a nine, and we'll get to the nine. But there were probably 100 people around the first tee. The governor of North Carolina like comes out and with his long draw comes out and says, you know, we're just so happy to have you all here at the cradle of golf in North Carolina. Well, that was and, a pretty good accent yeah, there. You're thank you. On that. So that experience was fantastic, but the quality of golf – from Chad Pfeiffer, uh, from Simon, who won, and I'm blanking on the last guy's name. Oh, this is awful. But they were, I mean, Simon plays on the Asian tour. I mean, That's the guy a was yeah. a machine. Well, it was a pretty international field. We're looking at the leaderboard actually right now. It yes. looks like there's it's people from everywhere. Yeah. Korea, uh, so, Sweden. Oh, Felix Norman yeah, was, yeah. The, was the kid. Swedish kid, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was the nicest kid. Uh, and was was just so solid all day. Made every five footer that he had to all day. Um, Chad and his caddy kind of saw what I went through with my nine, uh, and you know I kind of joked around with them throughout the round that you know I I was kind of going ten cup out here. And <laughs> I love that. Um, love that comparison. Uh, but they were really cool guys, and I think they appreciated my at least my mental approach while I was out there. I wouldn't say I was in such a good mood when my girlfriend and I were driving six hours back to Maryland <laughs> afterwards, but Simon was just a machine. Felix hung with him the entire day and Chad apparently plays professionally. I don't know what tour he plays on. I think he shot the lowest round that day. He shot 68. Uh, yeah. Chad uh, had a left leg blown off i believe when he was serving overseas uh i mean the guy was just a stick like they were just really good um and i had to overcome a seven shot deficit teeing off and then all three of them buried the first hole and i made par and i was like all right well i, I guess you're eight back we're, we're at eight now so this is the first so, time this is the first time you met pretty much everyone in this field like met a lot of oh, guys yeah. for the first time wow yeah and so just in, in talking with them you know, the rounds were, were pretty long. They had us playing in foursomes. Um, I I learned about the, you know, this pseudo-professional tour in Europe that travels with the DP World Tour. Now I think they have like 12 events this year going up to almost like 30 to 50 in 2024. Oh, wow. Um, oh, yeah. Full schedule. Yeah. 
and I think it's like two or three rounds. They play alongside the DP World Tour, and a lot of you know, as you said, the leaderboard is pretty international. And from what I've learned, a lot of the people are, you know, traveling around playing on that tour a ton. And, you know, I think, <laughs> I think before I went, I had two stroke play rounds in the past 12 months outside of my own club. Like, yeah, everything's match play. I get it. Yeah. Well, that, and I, you know, I, it's hard to find three round tournaments that you can play in six times a year yep, like that's absolutely. a ton of golf and a ton away ton of time away from work so i tried to prepare myself and kind of ramp up uh but i know i'm gonna be very happy looking back with kind of how i showed so any, any thoughts on a career change just going to try to hop on that uh hell yeah man you're pretty you might be good though. who knows man so so i got the invite um not surprised i reached out to uh i met this kid kip poppert who uh, was from the UK. Really, really nice kid. 24 years old. He was playing full-time on that tour. Um, and I just shot him a note after I left and said, you know, we talked about the Paralympics when we were at the Adaptive. Anything I can do to be a part of that or anything I can do to take a look at, you know, the European EDGA tour, you know, anything you can send over, I would appreciate that. He got me in touch with this guy, Scott, Lawrence, I believe his name was, who then forwarded me to the president of the EDGA, who sent me this long invitation about how he watched me play for a number of holes on on Wednesday. And when I forwarded the email to my family, I just said, I hope you didn't see my nine. But- <laughs> it's like you picked a good round, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I think there might be a chance that I, I could work in a few. Awesome. Um Good for vacation. Yeah, a little mini vacation, yeah. go to Europe, play yeah. little Yeah, so little I think one that I have my eye on is that they're going to play alongside the Irish Open next June. Oh, yeah. oh, there you go. Yeah, so that would – and it's also three weeks before we go back to Pinehurst for the adaptive. you got to get the so game machine, do, right? Yeah. yeah, it's a good excuse. Yeah, so ramp up a little bit, rounds. look so, my competition So will you have to requalify eye. for next year and go through the same kind of process as far as being top five or – does your finish this year kind of grant you in next year? So I, I actually, it's funny. I got a lot of questions about that. Like, you know, it's a USGA event. So like, if you're going to win, like, do you get an invite to the masters? And I was like, I don't, I don't think so, but you know, uh, I might have to lobby some if I, if I play well, There you go. but I think the USGA is still trying to figure it out and trying to figure out the best way to approach this. Um, it's obviously, a lot more developed as far as the amount of tournaments in Europe and the U S is just a little bit behind for whatever reason. Uh, I'm sure that the application process will be similar. It would be great if my top 10 got me an invite back next year, but I'll definitely be back if, if I get the invite. Write a strongly worded letter, make sure you're guaranteed. That's (laughs) thank you. I've already reached out to them. And been like, you know, I had such a great time. Like, who can I send a thank you note to? Like, I'm, I'm already trying to get grease in those wheels. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so I think Colin here had an interesting question. You mentioned you were only seven back going into the final round. Colin, do you yeah. want to ask? Yeah. So um, I actually heard you on that JMU podcast say that you play your best golf when you're able to free your mind. I just wanted to say or like ask what was your kind of mindset heading into that final round? You're seven strokes back. You're in contention. Did you have any kind of thoughts coming into the final round or were you just kind of going out there and playing the game that you know how to play best. So I kind of had to like reset. I played 
really solid for the first, I guess, 13 holes on Tuesday. Uh, I think I was only two back. Uh, and then I just caught a distance that I didn't like, ended up making a bogey, missed the green right, didn't get up and down, lipped out for like the 40th time. Those, Berm- <laughs> those Bermuda greens grain, are so man, hard to read. You. It'll get you. Putting on green is just, it's foreign to me. <laughs> and then on the next hole is a par five, blocked it right, chipped out to like what I thought was 100 yards, looked at my caddy. And he gave me a yardage, and I said, do you think we should play this at 100? And I'd been hitting my distances, like, on point all week, and I just sailed it, like, 10 yards over the green. And I was like, you were just – you were wrong. (laughs) I I walked it off. I was, like, 87 from the middle, and I made bogey there and and probably got frustrated and made some other bogeys. Was your caddy someone you knew, or was that a local caddy down there? It was a local caddy to Pinehurst. <laughs> and he gave me a bad yard. Oh. And so, so to kind of like reset your mind. Yeah, I need a new caddy next time. <laughs> yeah. We'll so to kind of like reset your mind <laughs> yeah. in the middle of a round, you know, doubt like starts to creep in when you're not playing a course you know very well. You know, how far am I really hitting the ball? On Monday, they had a par three that was like 185 downhill, and we had a little breeze into us, I thought. And I was two under at this point, and I rocked a seven iron like twenty yards over the green, and I was like, I just hit a seven iron two hundred yards. Like, <laughs> why is the ball going so far? And you know, those two swings, it's hard to like commit to your number. So back to your question, like I kind of had to reset after Tuesday. Um, I was frustrated that I felt like, you know, one forty nine was like the highest I could have shot. It felt like. Right. So going into it seven back and it also being like my first adaptive tournament, I also felt like the leaders could come back to me a little bit. So I just went out with as trying to be as patient as possible. I think I hit the wrong club on two, three, four, five, and then I made my nine on six. So everything was going like really well. <laughs> um, but my mindset, it's my first USGA event, and I honestly just reached a level of focus that I'd never experienced before. And I just just tried to get back into that as fast as possible. I mean, there were a lot of distractions going on, a little bit more than the Saturday round with the boys. Uh, that, ain't that I'm, true? Ain't that, that true? <laughs> I don't know. Right? I'm pretty distracting on the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, teeing off on Wednesday, they had the trophy right there. We had like an interview with the governor of North Carolina. There were a hundred people standing there. The Golf Channel was like shoving a camera right in my face, and wow. um, I don't know. I was just able to just decide when I saw that happening to just not look at it and. Just put my head down, try to pick your number, and then I was just trying to hit the ball as hard as possible on every golf swing and not and not get tentative. But it seems like you like pleasantly surprised yourself about how you handled that pressure, right? It's like it seems like a motivator for you now, right? I mean, like oh, having cameras sure. and people around, like a lot of people would have <laughs> not liked that. Uh, for sure, I have played in front of people before, not that number of people, certainly not. TV cameras. I've played in junior tournaments and, and um, college tournaments where there's photographers and stuff, but certainly not that level. But 
Um, I know I was talking to Ben about the A-team championship that I just played in, and we've always just had a really good following at the club whenever we're in finals or the semifinals where we've had like 15 to 30 carts out watching us. And it's just really cool. And it's just an awesome environment. And so I just, I like, you know, I was watching um, the captain documentary about Jeter and uh, last night, and he was just talking about how much he enjoyed the more people were there. That means they're there to watch you. So you might as well perform. And I just, I think I, I enjoy it and I look forward to getting back to it. Definitely. Oh, love that analogy, man. That's really good. Bring it back to Derek Jeter. You'll be, you'll be on a good path if you do anything like Derek Jeter, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I have a long road. <laughs> so, so you've talked about it quite a bit here. And as a plus two, I, I can't imagine you've, it's been a while since you've had a nine. So, so what, what exactly yeah. went wrong there? What's sure. your 10 to the moment? moment? <laughs> I, I, I gotta know. Yeah, yeah, like Roy yeah. McAvoy so, in the flesh. So, I made a good par on the fifth and I was like two over three, five. And I was like, you got a par five coming up. Let's get a birdie. And then we'll just see what happens. Um, and this was just a downhill par five, hard dog leg that I could take a lot of the corner off of. And I had the two previous days and I just rocked it dead straight. <sighs> and it just, I mean, the OB was like two yards off the fairway on the right and i just saw it sail and i was like huh okay cool provisional (laughs) yeah the first one was a three this is a two um and then i just got back up and i was like this is what you've been doing all week just hit it as hard as you can and i hit it as hard as i can and i snap hooked it right into someone's (laughs) backyard and i was like okay uh, this that's is the most relatable thing I've yeah, ever it heard. Sounds like me on a yeah, scramble. That's one hundred percent out of bounds. So you are hitting five off of this D box, and then I hit a good shot down the middle. Thank God. Yeah, good par. Is. Yeah, good par after that. <laughs> yeah, and then um, it was actually really funny. So I hit like a hybrid left of the green, hit a horrible flop shot to like twenty five feet and two putted, and I like miscounted, and. The USJ was asking for your score, like after every hole. They had a score with every group, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And so this like old lady came up to me and she's like, <laughs> "What did you make there?" And I was like, "I made an eight, okay." And then, and I was wrong. And I got to the next tee, and I like, which was the par three that on Monday I hit it twenty yards over the green. Right. And I hit an eight iron to like 12 feet. And I was like, oh, congratulations. Way to go. <laughs> Consolation <laughs> prize, yeah. <laughs> and the like rules official that was following us like pulled me over like I was in trouble. And he was like, Jack. Son. <laughs> if, I could, if I could talk to you for a second, I'd really appreciate it if you came over. And I was like, yeah, what do you want? And he was like, well, I'd like to talk to you about the eight you just made. And why don't we go through every shot and make sure that we got that right? And I was like, um, well, I just made an eight, so why don't we try to do this quickly? <laughs> and I said, counting, and I was like, okay, yep, yep, I was wrong. I made a nine, okay? I made a nine. He was like, well, let's walk through it. And I'm like, I made a nine, dude. You're right. I'm wrong. Can, can I go now? And I like... I joked around with Chad and his caddy that like I felt like I got pulled I got pulled into the principal's office <laughs> after I made a nine like thanks 
<laughs> well, I mean, I'll say this. If the golf thing doesn't work out, you got a great voice for the... Good all southern accent. accent. You, you a lot can, of range. You can do some voice acting here. That's all I'm, I'm picking you. up right now. Uh, that's uh, my my girlfriend and I listened to the JME podcast when it came out, and she was like, you like sound great on, on there. And I was like... <laughs> Thanks. I don't know. I was just like talking about probably the more depressing years of my college life. Like, that's what we told our wives and girlfriends is we just sound so good on this podcast. We got to keep it going. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. Well, cool, man. Well, let's let's turn the clock back a little bit and just talk about GMU a bit. Being a walk on to a division one golf team, I think, is something that's it's it's incredibly impressive. I mean, I know when I went to college, right, I had a scholarship. I didn't have to worry about going in. I mean, qualifying oh, for the team. Cool, man. That's awesome. Qualifying <laughs> for the team each week certainly was an achievement, right, if you make the team. Sure. But, you know, a big leap of faith for you. So uh, let's chat a little bit about that. So you walk on uh, six rounds of, of golf to try and make the team. You make the team by one. I mean, amazing yeah. experience. That, I mean, when I sent the note to you just kind of with my bio, you know, I think – no matter how many club championships I might have the opportunity to win or, or anything that is, will always be the best achievement that I'm ever going to experience on a golf course. Growing up at Argyle country club division one golf was like the standard, right? You know, we have a, we have a hitting room where they hold, they like hang all the pennants from all the colleges that kids go to and play. And, you know, I, I wanted to play division one golf. Um, I think it was, I came up like right when AJGA was taking off and for between Maryland state golf association, the Washington metropolitan golf association from high school golf and like the mid Atlantic golf association, there were enough tournaments that I stayed busy that were expensive enough. That's what I'm saying. AJGA, that'll, that'll drain your wallet. That's I mean, it's, sure. it's like when I was coming up at like a grand, Oh, it's nuts. Uh, it, per it's tournament predatory. it's crazy that's a lot to to ask your parents drive you and so i didn't play any ajgas yeah me either um, i agree with right. you it's too expensive certainly wanted to i knew my my friends were um but you know i, I was able to win the bowers in 2006 which kind of like put me on the map i guess yep you know jmu was in the family my mom went there my brother went there i don't know i i just I got in early admission and I didn't really know if I was going to be able to play on the golf team or not. And then I think I reached out and, and heard that there was going to be a tryout. And I mean, it was, it was a really cool week. There was probably, we started with like 16 or 20 guys that many. My goodness, Jack, that's impressive. There was definitely like four or five that like club golf was probably <laughs> better. You know, Get some free golf in. Yeah, yeah they were just like, I'm going to play free yeah. golf. I like a D3 walk yeah. on. We do have another fellow walk on here. Yeah, Tyler walked on at Elizabeth Town. Love it. Love it. Senior, junior or senior year? Uh, junior year, I think I averaged like a 98. <laughs> College golfer, though. But baby. you kept the bag. You got that you letterman. You still, yeah, still got the bag. Still got the bag. Yeah. And so we, it was, we played at a course called Lakeview, and then the other one was called Pack Saddle. And Pack Saddle was the worst golf course <laughs> ever created. <laughs> and it's on the side of a mountain in like near Massanutten. Okay. And skied there. Like sometimes in qualifying, like when I was on the team, we would have like automatic two or two putts on, <laughs> on holes because the greens were so bad. Inside three feet's good. Love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and. The first round was at Lakeview. The second round was at Paxel, and it rained like crazy. And I shot two over on this, like, 
7,100 yard golf course or however long it is. I don't know, but it was raining and like the field started to like shrink. And I quickly realized that like I could hang with these guys. And I think what also, you know, motivated me and I talked about it. There were a couple guys that like took notice and then made me feel confident that I could hang. Um, you know, it's funny. We, we just won the A team championship last weekend. And I think like three weeks before I left for college, we won the WMGA A team championship that summer in 2008. And I mean, it was, it was a party that, that evening. <laughs> I can imagine. We're and slowly cracking. What else? What also also <laughs> <turned, laughs> what's that? We're just slow. We're like slowly cracking Miller lights behind the mics. We're oh, just yeah, celebrating your A team yeah. victory. That's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah that was a celebration. Oh, there were, there were a lot of claws at caddies and Bethesda <laughs> on Saturday night. Let me tell you. So my, my dad and my brother were both on that team and we were at like our friend's house getting after it. And the wife of this house did not know that there might, might can confirm been underage drinking going on (laughs) on her her porch what well what also happened that day is daryl green was inducted into the hall of fame that's a big one nice and i mean i was raised an enormous redskins fan hell yeah like enormous let's not talk about the commanders let's not talk (laughs) about the current state of the franchise but like that was a big day and Daryl Green in his speech talked about getting into the Hall of Fame, but knowing he belonged there. And I just remember playing Lakeview in like the third or fourth round. And they're all my best friends now, and they'll probably say different, but like no one talked to me. <laughs> I like get the it, freshmen, yeah, yeah, you're the freshmen were all captain's picks, and I knew that they were going to be on the team. Like you don't recruit four freshmen to come in and not give them a spot, but like, and I'm sure it was also hard for them to get motivated to play in this tryout that they knew didn't really matter. Right. But like I was separating myself and competing with the guys who had the lowest stroke average on the team the year before. And I just remember telling myself, no one really wants you here, but you belong here. And no matter what happens, at least, you know, you can play. It just came down to the last round and I just I have this ability to just like get hot with the putter and no like, better club, man. No better club. Yeah, there is no better it. club. It's my favorite <laughs> club. It's my favorite activity to just go and practice putting because my favorite thing to do is make putts. And I was putting into the ocean that nine and I shot three under and I thought I kicked like upperclassmen off of the team. <laughs> and it was like a really awkward couple minutes after like there was I mean, there was definitely some tears after the round, not from me, but from others that were not happy tears. And <laughs> Sounds like Cam Smith beating Rory last <laughs> week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the coach handed me, like, this sheet before I got back on, like, this bus that he picked up all the wannabe walk-ons. Like, all, all the guys that were already on the team, like, drove their cars, <laughs> and all the walk-ons, like, jumped into the van. And... I looked down and my name was typed in and I was like, you know, I got the validation from the coach that he wanted me on the team even before I went out and shot 
33 on the back nine of the sixth round, like six rounds in a row. That is the gauntlet, that's for sure. No nines during that six rounds. Yeah, no nines. No, it was 18. It was 18 holes, six days in a row. Also, while it was like the second week at college. So like managing tryouts (laughs) and introducing myself to the JMU lifestyle. Uh, It was, it was pretty good. Sounds like our golf trip. (laughs) More of a war of attrition than long-term stamina. stamina. Where do you guys go on your golf trip? All over the place, man. We'll, we'll kind of bounce around. We've done Myrtle a few times. We've done like the ocean city and we don't really drive too far. We've gone to Poconos, which was an interesting experience. It's our ninth year, right? Yeah. Nine years. uh, This was eight. So next year will be nine. We're thinking about doing Pinehurst for 10. So you maybe have some recommendations and how to, you know, maximize that one. (laughs) We're, uh, we're going, we got 20 guys from Argyle going to Myrtle Oh, the first cool. week of November, and it's uh, it's going to be a show. Should be a nice, quiet event, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah what courses are you playing down there? See, the greatest thing about this trip is I don't plan any of it. I write uh, someone a check. Back I, scene show up, I show up, and I they tell me where we're playing golf today. That's good. And you That's don't great. typically remember where you played. Sometimes not. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more about this A-team championship at, at Argyle, the WMGAA sure. team. So you guys have won it four or five times, is that right? Uh, the club has won it five times dating back to 2001. Um, I've been a part of four championships. Um, and that is, it's in an individual sport to win a team thing like that, especially for a, a club like Argyle, which is, you know, we're a country club, but we're like a, a small working man's country club that has created a culture of, really good juniors that go and play in college and then hopefully they come back and want to be a member at Argyle. And, you know, I know a few of you played in college, you're playing on a team, but you're competing with everyone week in, week out. And then all of a sudden you're supposed to go to a tournament where you're trying to win yourself, but you're kind of playing as a team and it's just not the same, but a team is just the ultimate team experience in an individual sport. And it's just really cool. So what exactly is the format for it? Is, is it like a just straight out like match play, kind of like the last day of like the Ryder Cup, or you're just like playing against you know one other player from one of the other teams, or what is it set up as? Yeah, so I think it's actually more like um, Friday morning of the Ryder Cup, so it's four ball. Okay. Um, so there's uh, twelve guys on each team with the pro, so eleven amateurs and the pro, um, and then you have three groups at each golf course. Uh, and you play a match play format against each other where the front nine's one point, back nine is a point, and then the 18 is a point. So you have six guys play home, six guys play away. What's your? How do you think about like the guys you send to the other course? Is it because they know the course better? Is it just because they handle adversity better? How do you pick those guys? Uh, so um, I, I was, I did have the uh, glorious experience of being captain this year. Oh, that's Ooh. sick. I didn't know that. Congratulations. Thank you, because I, I, I won our club championship last year and it was probably like the worst experience to be captain this year because we had we could have probably filled two teams i mean that that's how deep and competitive golf is at argyle right now and that's great everyone was just so supportive and happy with the lineups that i put out every every week um and i and i'm being totally sarcastic when i <laughs> no, you're not gonna make anyone happy i know right so you know the road team kind of puts on, puts on like road dogs and uh it, it's really hard to show up at someone's home course and beat them 
but we've got these two kids. One, his name is Matt Barnes. Uh, he played at Georgetown, uh, works for Dell now, and is going through the transition of like he like actually has a full time job. <laughs> yeah, now, he can't just play golf, every but day. still <laughs> wants to play golf at a high level. And then uh, his partner is Matt Mallets, who is uh, I think because of COVID has another year at Loyola and he plays on uh, Loyola Baltimore's golf team. And they have been our three hole road dogs for like three or four years. Love it. Wow. And um, they just get it done. Uh, and then you just got to find guys that can play any type of golf course um, and playing a nine hole match against guys in their, at their home course. I remember I played at Army Navy one time where the 71 year old made five straight birdies on me on the front. And he was just like, <laughs> Is it all, it's all gross scoring or net? Yeah, it's all gross. No wow. shot. 71 year old making five birdies yeah. is incredible. Yeah, I later learned that he played on tour for like a couple years. <laughs> I got a point from him on the back. Nice. That hey, is not, besides the point. But you have to realize how important any point is or half point on the road and so sometimes you're going to run into a buzzsaw and a guy's just really comfortable at his home course but you got to go play the back because if you're six up with against two guys on the front it's really hard to like continue that and so being able to like reset and, and go and try and win a point on the back is extremely difficult argyle is an old school short golf course Especially compared to you know the yardages that golf courses are getting to nowadays. What does Argyle um, play? It's like sixty-five, sixty. Uh-huh. Um, we we've lengthened some holes over the past couple of years, but you know it it's a birdie fest, yep. and you got to just be ready to go make a ton of birdies because the guys are showing up. They're going to make a ton of birdies. My partner and I on Saturday birdied eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, fourteen. And then the guys we were playing against birdied 14, 15, 16, 17. Oh, oh they went the distance and they kind of, they had you guys on the hook a little bit. They, nice. Yeah. I mean, we out. were, we won the 18, five and four, but then we had to go play 18 because like they won 15, 16, 17. Right. It was, it's just like, I don't know what, what about playing with a partner does, but it frees people up. It can get pretty intense. Like I've gotten into some, disagreements out there <laughs> don't you love that though like being an amateur post-college yeah. stuff you still got something you can really dig your teeth in. yes you know, and that, that that's the best part about this format is that we have a lot of guys that played in college that don't have the ability to play in like every amateur event around but it like gets the juices going and you always know what those juices feel like they never leave but just to have the partner there it frees you up and you just go take care of business Ben and I had a taste of that this weekend. You know, that's probably the first time I've played in a long time, like four low single-digit handicaps out there playing straight-up match play. And so Ben and I, yeah, we didn't do the greatest job of freeing each other up. It was more of a ham and egg kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, he was out of yeah. play. I had to put it in the fairway. I was out of play. He put it in the fairway, that kind of stuff. And that, like, that happens in this style as well. Like, And it just – I've always enjoyed match play because it's – you against them not you against the course and they are against the course and you can just make a bad swing your buddy's got your back and you just get to the next hole and start over again um I, yeah I, I just i've always enjoyed match play more 
Love it, man. Well, congratulations on the captaincy. That's pretty exciting. you got many more years to come of. I don't know. They'll probably keep you on as doing a good job as you did yeah. this year. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, get, talk about getting the juices flowing. We got we got a lot of questions here. We got some controversial topics in golf. We wanted to kind of get your opinion on it. Uh, sure. But let's start it off. Um, our boy Colin here, he's a real progressive fashion golf guy. We wanted to get <laughs> okay. your opinion on some of the more hot topics in golf. What are your opinions uh, on, like, joggers on the course? How you, are you vibing no. those yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Right JT fan then, huh? Great answer. Very, very out on the joggers. Uh, it's, I think, Justin Thomas recently. Oh, at the yeah. Open, and they were, Didn't yep. he go, like, all black joggers? Yep. Like, what are you doing? I don't just see any ankle meat on the screen. But how do you show the yeah. shoes off, Jack? How do you show the shoes off? What's that? How are you supposed to show your shoes off then? Uh, not wearing jobs. Like every They're all black. You're not showing them off anyway. <laughs> that was my point. You couldn't even see the shoes. Now, Colin. however, I am a big fan of the hoodie movement. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. I actually have one on right now. Um, Peter Millar makes the best golf clothes. Okay. Well, I love my Roback. We got some Roback guys here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know Roback is getting a, a a lot of attention now, but I'm a, I'm a Peter guy probably very pretentious of me but you know yeah, i hey. get it you're in a country yeah, club I get it. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> definitely the first time i've ever heard that <laughs> as he drinks the white <laughs> nothing nothing like telling people at 29 yeah i'm on the I'm on the board of directors of my country club <laughs> hey that's a flex man take it <laughs> What's the other than that, man? What's your uh, What are your thoughts on Live? Do you think it's something that can be successful? Have you enjoyed watching any of the content? I have, any, n- any I have other not. Thoughts? I have not watched one, maybe one shot of Live. Uh, do I think it can survive? I think that's up to the people running it. It absolutely can survive, um, and I think it's going to take a big name to defect. I guess uh, mm. for for them to get some credibility. But I just as a competitor. Tiger coming to the British and what he said. How can you say that you're going after his records and going to the live tour? I mean, he just he stuffed him in a locker. <laughs> oh, I agree. It's like a, it's a 54 hole event that doesn't have a cut. Where's the competition? Oh, I think it lacks yeah. a lot of legitimacy in that aspect. I agree. It, it lacks so much. Look at the three winners: Charles Schwartzel. Uh, was it Brendan Grace and Henrik Stenson? <laughs> it's good. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't think about, about that. Irrelevancy. <laughs> That's actually the first time I've heard that point. That well, I know Henrik Stenson makes a big deal losing his rider captain captaincy yeah. and then goes in and yeah. like this, this also, field is supposed to be so good. And Henrik's like 45 and he beats him by like two or three shots. I know. Yes. Also, he made the argument that he's done everything that he can to still be the captain of the rider <laughs> of the rider cup <laughs> team. But you join the live <laughs> for doing the like, oh, thing. That's thing, yeah. the one exact thing. What's the elephant in the room there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm very pro live tour. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we share similar sentiments. So then, uh, are you a JT or a Jordan guy? Mm, probably a Jordan guy. JT. Yes, sir. He's a yeah, football I, team guy. He's a Jordan guy. I love this man. <laughs> no, he's a Redskins guy. He's not a lot of commanders. Team. Oh, okay. Commanders. Yeah. The commanders. I'm sticking with football team. <laughs> Yeah, football team. Uh, yeah, I think I'm a Jordan guy. I wouldn't say I'm a big, like, I don't root for either of them, but I definitely root for Jordan more just because any guy that can roll his flat stick like that and hit it all over the place, like, I respect the hell out of that. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, if you're not for either, is there a player yeah, on tour that's, that is? That's your, not, you just described Cam Smith right yeah. there. Hit if it, it all can't over be the Denny, roll it with it? the flat stick. Well, I mean, it's definitely 100% Denny. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I would say... I enjoy the golf more than any individual. I don't really watch a ton of tour events that Denny's not doing well in. 
but I watch a disgusting amount of coverage for the majors. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just park it. The PGA Championship is horrible because they don't show the golf as much as the British. Or I mean, the Masters just changed the game with that. Oh, the my app. God, I know. It's just amazing. Um, I don't really like – I grew up a big Sergio guy. Like it. Oh. Live guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, but live then guy. He, went, <laughs> he went live, and he just does things that I don't like. But I just felt like he was more of a common man. Like, okay. He's he got that Sevy vibe to him, comes from a small town. I agree. Well, he gets angry just like anyone else does on a Saturday morning. Like, he gets, he gets pissed off when angry. a bunker's bad. <laughs> like, that's an all time high. I respect it. He's not a robot. I can get behind that too because I think we're, we're big fans of like Billy Horschel, and I think Billy's comment he, he's commented on like if you want me to go out there and not be myself, that's not going to happen. I'm going to show some emotion. I'm going to be who I am. And you right. got you're right. Seeing these guys get a little mad, you, you can relate a lot to it. They're human beings. You got to like that. But yeah, I mean, look, we haven't talked about Denny a lot, but I mean, there's nothing cooler than a kid that you grew up with driving. I mean, I okay, so like his brother and him fall asleep in the car if you drive anywhere for a half an hour okay so this is how well i know denny and you know we used to drive to junior tournaments all around the area because everyone wanted to see denny mccarthy play and i would drive because he was like 14 and beating everybody yeah he was and amazing he junior golfer he was so good and if it's so funny to watch kids around this area think that they're going to play on tour, but they're not winning the Maryland Open like three times in a row. That is so, so horrible. Road when we were it? either playing junior inner club or driving back from like the Bowers or Bellhaven when we played the Bob Riley or anywhere, we would be on the Beltway for like a while and they would all fall asleep. And there is nothing better than getting off on your exit and slamming on the brakes, screaming <laughs> bloody murder, and watching someone come out from a nap thinking that they're getting in a car accident. Love that, love that. It's a little trauma for the PGA Tour player. Oh, there. yeah, you got to kind of keep them on your toes. But look, Denny, Denny is better than I can even explain, and he has been that close to winning on tour. I know he's going to win. I can't wait for him to play in the Masters because I'm going to be there. The first time that he tees off at the Masters, um, it is extremely cool to say that the statistically best putter in the world yeah, over the cool. past mm-hmm. three years grew up putting on the same greens that I putt on. Now, do you still get to play with him from time to time? Or obviously, he's you know traveling probably quite a bit. Yeah, uh, I would say I probably play with him once a year twice a year um he's got a silly place down in jupiter now Uh, we took advantage of that a couple years ago uh he wasn't really in the pad that he is now a few years ago but he just joined medalist and uh, me ryan mccarthy and another buddy of ours ryan moran flew down on the best golf trip of all time we paid zero dollars for four rounds of golf we showed up we showed up in medalist and Denny's like waiting for us outside, and he's like, "Big cat's here." Oh <laughs> my goodness, that's super oh funny. And so, funny story about that: we were on the eight. Like, we played the whole day. Medalist is fantastic. We were playing eighteen, and there are twenty golf carts around the green, and there is like, <laughs> who could be there? A king chair <laughs> in the middle of the green, <laughs> and we're like, "This is this is Tiger," <laughs> and. We like hit our drives and we're kind of waiting there. The assistant pro drives out with like 
tail between his legs because you don't really tell people at Metalist that like you have to wait. And he drives out and he's like, so um, Tiger's getting interviewed on the green. It might be a little while. We're like, dude, take all the time. (laughs) What the hell? We're trying to play. I'm just trying not to shake this six iron into the pond because the greatest of all time is standing up. Wow. So that was pretty cool. Now, just kind of Brett mentioned the golf trip thing. Do you have a favorite course you've played? Obviously, you know, other than Argyle in this case, because you've always played a lot, <laughs> lot there. I've played the Ocean Course. That was phenomenal. Um, I would say four is up there. Ocean Course uh, in even, Ki- Kiowa? Where? Yeah, Ocean yeah, yeah, Course yeah. in Kiowa. Um, I actually, in the corporate world, I do get invited to play golf golf sometimes because it, people know that I'm pretty good. <laughs> right. And, it was so funny. I literally flew down to Charleston just to play with my coworkers customer. And like, that was the whole trip. I just got flown down to play at the ocean course. <laughs> another, Tough job. another day at the office. And, um, we can talk about Bermuda greens and grain for an hour, <laughs> but those were like the smoothest greens I think I've ever played. And just being on right on the ocean. Caddy gave me a wrong distance that day too. I made the, I made the, <laughs> I made the turn at Jordan two under that day, and he gave me a wrong distance. I shot forty on the back. I shot seventy four, but I'm not bitter. Ooh, wow! <laughs> so then, uh, favorite courses? What other ones have you played in the area? Anything uh, you recommend? Any courses we need to get out on around here? So you guys play it. Where do you guys play? We're up in Frederick, so we got like Whiskey Creek, Worthington Manor, um, Maryland National, Maryland Ridge. Ridge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we actually played Maryland National in like the group play of uh, nice. eighteen this year. Oh. So it was it was cool to see that video that you guys put out, and I was like, oh, Maryland National, there you go. Um, Worthington's really good. Yeah, I almost made the USJ four ball there in twenty twenty. Um, so just good memories there. My dad also had the course record at Worthington Manor oh, for wow. almost no a year. Wow, he uh, shot a little like thirty five thirty. Yeah, thirty five thirty. Yeah, he shot, he shot 65 at Worthington, and they, like, didn't believe him because the course record was 67 at that point. But uh, So, like, every time we're on 270 and we're either in the car with him or, or driving in the car behind him, he always, like, calls everyone. And it's like, this is the most difficult golf course in the state of Maryland. You can't break 80 if you try. <laughs> if you guys ever get the chance to play Baltimore Country Club, it's amazing. Like the East Coast is fantastic. Uh, I don't know if you guys know what Congressional did. Yeah, we took were out just like, there. We went to the KPMG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fifty five hundred trees. Yeah, I mean, the, go- the whole place different. looks so different. Have um, you had a chance to play Congressional since the redo? I have not played since the um, kind of the redo, but I've probably played it a half dozen times. It's really good. Blue is just so big. It t- it's like a whole day experience every anytime you go out there it's like five and a half six hours to play i mean it's just a factory out there they have like a thousand members i think northwest if you guys come down and play uh northwest public golf course uh it's right next to argyle um i passed it going from my parents house to argyle like every day growing up uh they have they had the u.s open local qualifier there um, I think the one-day qualifier for the nationwide event when it was at the University of Maryland was there. Um, it's a pretty good golf course. They also have an executive nine that's pretty fun. Have you ever got to play can, UMD, the golf course at college? Uh, I've played UMD's golf course, and 
Don't love it. It's an interesting. It's an interesting layout. <laughs> we can move on to. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I played states there three times and have zero good memories of it. So yeah, I played. Blacked what years? What years times. did you play states there? Uh, oh six, oh seven, oh eight. Oh, I was there in. Yeah, one of the years of it was like snowing, and I was just like, "Do we have to go out and play in this?" Yeah, fall of oh seven. <laughs> yeah, I finished. I think I lost by three shots. That's Alex I'm Hoffman. A- Alex Hoffman. Yeah, that's won. our guy. Yeah. I don't know if we want to call that him. That kid's pretty – well, I played with him a lot growing up. He's a he's a baller. He man. was from he our rival been, school. What a freshman yeah, well, that's all right. He's the pro at my rival club. So. Oh, Beaver oh, is a rival? Is that true? They were probably a pretty no, good he's team. No, he's at Manor. Oh, he's at Manor. Okay. Yeah, Alex was a great golfer growing up. And I'm going to have to defend Maryland because I played great there in states. And then I think after college, I went back there and shot like 67. This is a really funny <laughs> story. Shot 67, won this tournament, came back the next year. There were like three kids that came up to me and they're like, oh, my God, dude, you're the guy from last year that won this. And I'm like, guys, autographs after the round. I, I, shot, 80, I shot 81. And I was like, I've lost all, I've lost all legitimacy here. <laughs> Well, cool, man. I think, Jack, that, this is a wonderful interview. We were uh, really excited to have you on, man. What you're doing in the game of golf is incredible. We're really looking forward to watching your story. We'll definitely get out and play with you. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, man. Yeah, guys, for sure. We'll have uh, – we got to set something up at Argyle. I'm actually, I actually put on a, a tournament the beginning of September where each group plays with, like, a Purple Heart veteran. Oh, that's awesome. Love so that. we'll exchange some information, uh, hopefully get you, out, get you out there that day. It'd be cool to, like – you guys broadcasted from Argyle that day. That'd be pretty cool. Definitely, uh, yeah, that sounds like fun for us. But uh, yeah, let's just set something up at the Guile and uh, play some golf. Ooh, That's what guile, we'll call. It. We'll call yeah, it the Guile. The Guile. The Guile. Oh yeah. 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 Thanks a lot, Jack. Have a great evening, man. Thanks, guys. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate it. it. Enjoy Thanks, those claws.